Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Thank you. God is good. God is good. God is good. As I begin to uh, meditate and pray about what God wanted me to speak, because um, I, take, I take preaching very serious. <laughs> I'm a passionate preacher. I like to preach. Um, I was praying. I said, God, what, what is it that you're trying to say? And then on Sunday when the man of God came and he started to talk about vision, because I was going to talk about prayer today, um, and I had a big word about prayer um, and, I, and I did like about two weeks of studying the word of prayer and I bought a book and my wife, well, my wife bought me a book and um, I started to ask God. I said, God, is this what you want me to talk to? And then when the man of God came, he spoke about vision. And then I had this, um, this image in my mind. Um, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with me and my wife. And this is why I've been struggling with it um, about birthing, about, about the church Enlarge is 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 pregnant, and um, I believe we're in a season that, when he spoke about the vision, now us as a church are in a position to deliver what God has placed within the body of Christ. And when I said God. When, when, when you give me this word, I don't just want it to be for women because I struggle with that because when you immediately start talking about pregnancy, it's like, oh, this is a woman thing. And then the men shut down. But then he spoke to me. He said, but wait a minute. Men are carriers as well. Because a woman can't be pregnant without the man injecting the woman. I hope there's no kids in here. I'll try my best. But we're not going to talk about anything inappropriate. I'm just trying to set the tone to what God gave me. And I believe that, because today I was at, at, at home, I mean, in school, and I was putting the word together. And I don't even have my iPad, which is not even like me. I preach with my iPad. That's my tool of preaching. I have paper. Because God gave me tons of verses. He gave me ton of information. And I believe that if, if I don't do it correctly, I'm going to cheat the body of the breakthrough moment that we are all called to be in as a body. Because whenever there is vision, it first happens within, and then it comes out. So when I was thinking about it, I said, God, it's, it's, it's wonderful to know that Everything that I've been through as an individual that people may not know or even think that I've been through has created me now as a man of God to endure more as a believer than most people have growing up within the church. Because I look at myself now and I say, wait a minute, I started 10 years ago and a lot of people that started with me are not even around or not even on fire, or not even focused, or even trying to do what God is doing mightily in the believers in this season. 
So when I look at that and I go, God, the reason why I've been through all the garbage, the all the, 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 the life trauma, every single time that I didn't get the hug, that I, what you were doing was making me stronger. So when the seasons came that I felt alone, I was able to endure and not give up and not say I quit because of the stuff that I've been through in life. Can I get an amen? When, when God gave me the message, he, he, he spoke to me specifically from the book of John 16, 21 to, to, through 23. He, uh, this is what the word says. You don't have to go there because I'm going to give you a lot of scripture, which is not like me. Usually I get one scripture and I'm preaching and then I'd sit down. But God told me to do it different. This is how the word was presented to me. It says, when a woman gives birth and I want to... I don't want to change the doctrine now. Now, I just want to say, when we give birth, she has a hard time. There's no getting around it. Jenny can say, amen. But when the baby is born, there is joy in the birth. This new life in the world wipes out memory of the pain. The sadness you have right now is similar to that pain. Hear this. But the coming joy is also similar. When I see you again, you'll be full of joy and it will be a joy no one can rob from you. You'll no longer be full of questions. God, I just pray for the word that you have given me, Lord. And I know that, Father, you are in control. I am stepping aside. Holy Spirit, have your way with me. Let me be a vessel that you may use to carry out your word. And I pray that your gospel will be preached. And I pray that the people will hear it, God. And it will enter their spirit, man. And that they will be ready to expect a deliverance today, oh God. Whether it's breakthrough, whether it's finances, whatever it is that they're delivering, God. I just pray that, Lord, today they would know that they're in the process of transition. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. God gave me this word and he titled it Expectation. You see, there's something about pregnancy that tells everybody that sees that pregnant woman that there's an expectation. That when you see somebody that is carrying a baby, the first thing you say is, oh, my God, look at how cute. What are you expecting? A boy or a girl? It's the first thing you get from women. And men sit back and be like, man, sometimes I wish I could be, you know, having a baby. No, not really. I mean, that's just me. I know. Sometimes I think about if I was pregnant, what would I look like? Um, but, you know, my mind is kind of crazy. That's why my name is Nate. Um, so when we're focusing on, 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 on the pregnancy, men have vision. And when men are getting ready to have a baby, their mind goes crazy. The women are thinking about the belly. 
they're thinking about nurturing, and they want to just take care. And men are like, man, I hope he looks like me. I hope she looks like me. I hope she don't look crazy. I hope she don't have four legs. I hope she comes out smart. Like, and this is the stuff that goes in a man's mind because we're always thinking for the worst. <laughs> but it still doesn't take away from the fact that the vision is in their mind. And that's what keeps them going through a pregnancy. For women, they know that even since the beginning of time, that them having something inside of them meant that God loved them. They knew that having a baby was something that they were meant to do in life. They knew that when they got, when they got pregnant, it was something special. It was something amazing because they knew that finally they were going to become what God has predestined them to be, a mother. And they get excited and they love it because they finally have something that they can take care of and nourish and, and love and, 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 and just grow with them and love on them. I mean, there is no love like a love of a mother. Mothers just love too much. Amen. When one has a vision, they have the power to birth a new life. When you have vision, you have power to do stuff in life. Just like the man of God said, that when you have a vision, you can't stand still. You got to just move and nothing gets in your way. Nothing. Look at Donald Trump. He has a vision of being a president. And no matter how dumb he looks and how stupid he seems, it doesn't stop him. What the media says, all the lawsuits that's come upon him, every contract that was pulled away, it does not stop Donald Trump. He is a man passionate because he has a vision to be in the White House. You cannot stop him. And even if you try to talk him out of it, he's not going to listen because he has a vision. He is focused. He has the power to birth out this new thing. And it's so crazy because people begin to believe in that. Because when you are around somebody that has a vision, you begin to believe in that vision. You begin to stand in agreement with that vision. And that's one of the reasons why you're here today. Because you are starting to agree with what the church is doing. You're starting to stand in agreement and saying, maybe how I grew up and how people told me church was, it's not really like that. It's actually kind of different. It's actually kind of motivating. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel special. Now you're starting to understand the vision that the church has, but also the vision that God has for your life. Because as you get connected closer to God, it's impossible for you to get next to him and not feel the vision and not know the vision that he has for your life. In order to birth a new baby, in reality, you have to pass through something called a transition period. Do women know this? Some of these women are like, come on, Nate, like, I've done this like five times. <laughs> well, a lot of this stuff is new for me, okay? Even though I had a baby, I wasn't listening to the doctors when they talked. I wish I did. A transition period is when a woman's water breaks and she is now laying in bed waiting for contractions to come and begin the pushing for the baby to come out. The Lord told me that we are in transition. We are in transition. I'm not in transition by myself. And how do I know this? Because I feel that God is pushing each and every one of you in this room in a different way in this season. 
I'm not in transition by myself. This is how I know that this is the word of God for the church. Because if the man of God spoke about vision, then he also got to talk about transition. Because when you have vision, you begin to move. Our water has broken in the spirit. And we are in a transition period. And we are in a posture of vision and expectation. How many of you are expecting something to happen? You just don't know what it is. You can't put your finger on it. You not understand, but you just feel it in your spirit. Every single time you come in, you're just expecting something. Every single time you wake up, it's like you're expecting something. You just don't know exactly what God is doing, but you just feel it. You're just like, man, there is something happening that is different, that is feeling crazy, that is not feeling kind of normal. I'm just feeling something different. It's just different. And God is just letting you know that now you're in a posture of expectation. There is a new move, a new way, a new direction, a new hunger, a new praise. I feel it in the church when we are praying on a Sunday and praises and worship is lifting up. I sense the power of God and the army of God coming forth like never before. When I'm walking through the street, I don't got to turn around because I know that there are saints praying over the believers of God. That even though the enemy is trying to attack us, we are fighting back not with our hands, but with our weapons in the spirit. We're lifting up the prayers. We're lifting up the praises. We're lifting up the worship. We're lifting up our faith. In Psalms 22, 9, it says like this. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you even at my mother's breast. From birth, I was cast upon you from my mother's womb. You have been my God. Something happens when you come out of the womb. That right away, you already know that you belong to something greater. That's the process that happens within. Psalms 127.3 says, Behold, children, our heritage from the Lord is the fruit of the womb, a reward. Something in your vision that's inside of you is going to birth out a reward in your life. There is a reward inside of you. Look at your belly and say, reward, come out. Reward, come out. Reward come out. Seriously, say it with some passion. Just speak it. Reward come out. We're not talking about a baby here. We're talking about the vision inside of you. I'm I'm not speaking to no children. I'm speaking the vision that's inside of you. I'm talking about the blessing, the gift, the talent, the whatever that God has placed inside of you. That's what I'm talking to. Don't listen to this message literally. Understand where I'm coming from and what God is saying. God is speaking to your vision. You're in a transition because now you're starting to understand the vision. Speak to your stomach again and say, vision, come out. Reward, come out. Ecclesiastic 11.5 says, as you do not know, the way of the spirit comes to the bones in the womb. Don't you understand that the spirit of God comes inside, comes inside of the woman and, 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 and with the child. So you do not know the work of the Lord who makes everything. Don't you understand that everything starts with inside? The womb, the inside of the, it begins in here. When God begins to start the process, it starts in here, in here. You won't see the breakthrough happen until it starts to happen within. First, you start to feel the bubblies. 
And this is not a religious thing. This is what God is doing inside of you. You is different from 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 bubble guts. It's different. You know, and I, man, you know when the spirit is moving inside of you mightily, because you begin to push. Anyway, when the spirit begins to move inside of you, you begin to feel something different because now the spirit of the Lord is within and is starting to come out. Isaiah 9, 6 says, for to us, a child is born to us, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Don't you understand that the reason why you're here is because you want to praise God because you believe in the Lord. But you wouldn't have a savior if it wasn't birthed out, if it wasn't given out of a womb, if it didn't first start here, here in in, in the spirit of a woman is when the process of our savior started. He he is the mighty God. Don't you understand that your vision is. If God says we are like him, then that means that our vision and us is like God. So he's saying that the vision that I have placed inside of you and the transition that you're going through is because of a mighty God, everlasting father and a prince of peace. So when you begin to move and activate on the vision that God has placed in you, you are now bringing forth the glory of God onto this world. We are created to bring God the glory. Vision. In Habakkuk 2.2, it says, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. Your vision has to be written. It has to be written down. Begin to write. Begin to say it on a piece of paper. What is your vision? What is your goal? What do you see? What do you want to do? It's the only reason why I'm in a suit and a tie today, because when God showed me in the vision, he said, I see you in a suit and a tie. Nate, you got to start showing these people that I'm elevating you to the next level. So when I when I'm doing this, I'm not doing this to to please your fancy. I don't care really how you feel about me. I'm doing it because if God is telling me to do it, I'm going to do it regardless of the fact of how you feel. I don't want to please you. I want to please my God. In Joel 2, 28, it says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Visions. Inside of you. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Within. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. God is not into the business of destroying you. Stop thinking that the reason why you're going through things is because God does not like you. Eh, wrong. That is the devil. 
Rebuke him in the name of Jesus. Get that thought out of your mind in the name of Jesus. God is a God of love and not a God of hate. God loves you to the beginning all the way to the end. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the Jehovah Jireh. He's the cornerstone. He is the reason why we praise. He is the great I am. He is the Jehovah Nisi. He is the Jehovah Rafi. He is the Jehovah Teskanu. There is no reason why the God that owns all the gold and all the silver needs to hate on you. There is no reason. He doesn't get pleasure by that. He gets pleasure by seeing you bring forth the glory of God. Acts 18.9 says, And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. Write your vision. Don't be afraid and stop being silent. Stop being silent. Stop thinking that everybody is worrying about every word that's hanging out of your mouth. You need to start worrying about what God is saying over you. And if the reason why people aren't getting breakthrough is probably because you're not opening up your mouth for God. If you want to see this church explode, you need to begin to declare the Lord everywhere that you go. I can only take up five blocks, but you take up five blocks and the other person five blocks. We got 15 blocks with 155 people on each block. We got a pretty good number. But if you stay mute and I'm the only one talking, then we are on decline and not an increase. You need to begin to open up your mouth and begin to trust God with what he's given you. If you're the only thing you know is amen and hallelujah, then amen and hallelujah will use by God. He will use it. He will honor it. He will say, I'm going to go move on that behalf of that amen and hallelujah. You just need to open it up and I'll begin to pour it out. Open it up and I will pour it out. Stop being so intimidated. You don't understand. I was a retard in the world, but God said you are going to be a man of God in the kingdom. You don't understand that if I didn't open up my mouth and begin to get under God's wing and abide under the shadow of the most high, I will not be in this position to preach or even to hear the word of God. I had to begin to trust the process and every mistake God fixed it and everything that I thought wrong God fixed it and every single time I thought I was going to fall God picked me up, but it wouldn't happen if I was standing still sitting on the corner. You just need to be able to move on behalf and God will begin to honor that. For the Lord, God does not, does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. God is not into mysteries. There is no time for that. There is time to declare and put war against the enemy that is putting war against our children and against our friends and against our family and against our finances. What makes you think God is trying to hide the breakthrough that you need in your life? He's not hiding anything. He's just saying, dive in. Don't you see what I'm giving you? Don't you see what I put inside of you? Allow yourself to move and begin to see my hand in your life. Vision is important. Vision is needed. That's why women have a belly bump. Because the world can see that you are about to deliver. If you were like this, 
Nobody would know that you were not pregnant. But being that you're like this, the whole world can see that you are about to give birth to something. And that's how you are in the spirit. Some of you are just overweight and you're just walking around just fat as heck. And you are not seeing that God is just waiting for you to get in that transition period to begin to push. God, Lord. We all have to be able to see it first in the spirit, then in the physical. Transition. Transition is movement. It is passing through. It is change. And it's going from one position to another. This is the stage in your, in your, in your pregnancy, woman, when the belly, when the baby is upright and he begins to, she begins to push against your organs and all that, I don't know, bladder, help me out here. I'm not a woman. I'm trying to do this. Womb. And um, pushes against it because now the baby goes from her head being up here or his head being up here to now because he's ready because it has to be in a position to You know what I'm saying? The analogy I want to focus on the most, however, is the period of time when a woman is given birth called transition. Transition is generally just the shortest part of the labor, lasting from 15 minutes, some women may reject that, uh, to half an hour or an hour on average. However, this is almost the most intense part of the labor for many women the major emotional marker for this state is giving up this is the part of the women in their pregnancy and their labor where they just want to let go and they feel in their mind that they cannot do it and that's why the nurses and doctors when you're a man they tell you are you strong enough the nurse told me that are you strong enough and i said well yeah I'm brolic. That's not what she was talking about. What she was basically saying, are you strong enough to encourage somebody when they really do feel like they cannot do it? Are you strong enough to lift somebody up? Are you strong enough to dig within knowing that this is a crazy situation And there's going to be some loud screaming, a lot of moving around. Most men won't last to the point where the baby comes out. Amen. Usually what happens to a man is that they faint. Or they just bounce. Because they're not strong enough to encourage somebody. But I feel that being that we're a church in transition, God is changing that for us in the spirit. That when somebody is feeling like giving up and running away, I believe that the believers now in God are going to start reaching out and, 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 and helping somebody through that process of wanting to quit. The major emotional marker in this stage is giving up. It is in this part of labor that most women ask for medication. I ain't no pastor. Don't worry about it, bro. 
I'm here just doing my job. This is the part when most women ask for the medication. And you women know I will never understand or begin to even think about half of the pain you guys are going through. All I know is that God has a sense of humor. Because when Eve ate the apple, he made man work. But he said, when you give birth, it is going to hurt. And whatever God says, it is. So I can only imagine what that pain feels like. Some people want to leave the church because they cannot go through this period of their standing. This is the part when most people aren't about it. This is the part when I look up to God and say, thank you, Lord, for every single time that I slept on the staircase. Thank you, Lord, for every single time nobody gave me encouragement. Thank you, Lord, for every single time when I was by myself and I had to pick myself up and encourage myself like David did. This is the part of the time when I begin to give God praise for my process because not everybody is strong enough to stand when the medication is when you're like, oh, look, I cannot get give me some epidural. Physical signs of transition include shaking or trembling, which may resemble to shivering or could be stronger. Nausea and vomiting are also common signs. In addition to these, some women will feel hot and cold flashes and have cold sweats. Other women may begin burping or even hiccuping as their body prepares. Your body, your spiritual man is preparing. This is the part in the process where you feel like saying no and God is saying to you, say yes. Because you're just being prepared. You're being prepared. (laughs) I'm going to get to that verse. Another physical sign is the inability to relax or to be comfortable. Mm. This is the part that I wish unbelievers were here because nobody likes to be uncomfortable. People hate to be uncomfortable. Why? Because they want to be comfortable. They want to be cared to. Everybody wants to come in and somebody have that big leaf and fan in them like this was the Egyptian times and, you know, give them gold like they were Pharaoh and his wife and all of that. But it's not going to happen in 2015. Times are beginning to get harder and people are beginning to get colder. And when you're looking for encouragement, you're not going to get it. I'm telling you, you are not. So you have to get yourself around some people that are encouraging people. That if you are the type that needs support and needs people to lift you up, you need to get around some church folk that are happy. Like Al and Liz that will kiss you when you walk in. And like David that will call you a man of God and pastor. And like Tony that will give you jokes. And Tito, how you doing? You know, you need that type of encouragement in this season and you need to get around some good and strong church folk that are loving and caring, that are willing to go the extra mile to pick you up through a transition period. Some of you are not comfortable because you are in a season of birthing something. You are in a transition position. You can't stand still. 
You're waking up early. You're sleeping late. You are in constant meditation towards God. Things that were funny are no longer funny. You're buckling down and you're getting on your knees. You're starting to get thirsty again. You can't find a quieter place to read the word, to sing his praises, to worship him, to seek his face, or even to pray. God has you in an uncomfortable position. You can't settle. You have to find a position to help you deal with the pains. The first stage is the contractions. This pain, this is when the pain starts, the darts, the dots, the the dots start and the cloudiness starts. That is why they teach you to be an encourager because somebody needs support. The first stage begins with some irregular contractions known as the early stage. And as the contractions get stronger and more regular, the body begins to get ready to push out the baby. I'm giving you this because I want you to understand that the first thing that comes is pain pain but then after the pain even when you're tired and want to quit you have to get in a position to push just as when a woman is in transition stage of labor the christian church worldwide is in the transition stage of its life on earth Transition is commonly looked at the shortest but most difficult phase given birth. As Christians, many of us have been going through tough times. Many of us, especially in CCF. (laughs) Has been going through some difficult times. We are facing life trials. Maybe health issues. Family traumas. Many of us are also wondering why they are struggling in areas where they normally will cope. (laughs) I believe that some of us in the past season were was able to come against certain things and stand against certain things. But now you're in a season where those certain things that that you were stronger before to overcome now are hitting you and you can't overcome those right now. Because you are in a position, because you're going through some pain, you're going through some contractions, you're going through some suffering, but now you got to get into a season where you're... Still others are so emotionally tired from living that they just want to give up. We see the earth groaning and rocking to and fro. How many of you see that on the news? The world is just bogged out, man. When I look at the world, I have this image of of the world having a scully hat, a mustache, a blunt leaning, some glasses like to the side, and he's just high. That's how the world looks. That's the vision I have of the world because it's just rocking. There's no foundation. There's no God. And everything, they're taking him out. Psalms 34, 18 says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. If you are crushed in your spirit, God wants to heal you. (laughs) He wants to give you the strength to run again. He wants to touch you. He wants to hug you. He wants to love you. If you are in a season of being brokenhearted, he wants to come into your crushed spirit and give you strength again. 
Romans 18, 18, uh, Romans 8, 18 says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Don't you understand that the contractions that you feel through pregnancy birth don't amount to the blessing that comes out? If I was to ask the women in here, do they still remember the contractions? They can tell you yes. But if I tell them what was better, the contractions or the baby, they're going to tell me the baby. Because it doesn't matter the pain. When you begin to birth out something that's excellent and mighty and worthy of God's praise, you don't care about whatever pain you had to go through. The only thing you want to focus on is the end result. And that is the power of vision. That's why when you get a baby and you begin to have the belly bump, now they have apps where they even tell you on where the baby's at, where the ears is growing, the body is growing, the groans, the organs, and all types of stuff, because the app is constantly reminding you of the end result of your vision. It's because now you're starting to get closer to the breakthrough. So even though the baby is moving and it hurts, and you're getting nauseous, and stuff is starting to bug you, and people are just getting on your nerves, and food that you used to eat are feeling nasty to your spirit, you're not understanding that that is not important. What's important is the end result of the vision. It's when you begin to get into that posture of giving birth to what God has placed inside of you. That's what should be your joy. That's what should be your worship. That's what should be your praise. That's what should be your thank you to Jesus. It's not what your certain situation situation is is what the blessing is going to be you're not understanding that you're stuck right here but you should be moving over there you should be thinking over there stop focusing here i don't care if i don't have a dollar in my pocket i believe that god in my future is going to give me more than enough resources not only to provide for me but to provide for my children's children children's 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 children I'm not going to believe what the enemy is saying or what my life is looking like. I just know in my mind that I am in a process of transition. You're not understanding me. I'm in a process of transition. I'm not going to declare my current situation. I am going to declare the situation that's in front of me. Thank you for my breakthrough, God. Thank you for my new job. Thank you for us for me. Thank you for my family being saved. Thank you that no disease formed against me shall be able to prosper. Nothing can come against me because I am called. I'm standing in my future, God. And when you begin to understand that about your, your, what you're dealing with right now, you begin to praise different. You begin to act different. You begin to pray different. When you come to church, you're not coming to church to play around with people. Now you're getting serious about it. Now when you pray, you feel the power of God coming out of you because you're not believing what they're believing. You're believing for what God is believing over their life. You're not understanding me. I'm trying to tell you that if you begin to get excited for what God has for your future, things will begin to shift right now. You're not understanding me. Step two is the pushing. It's the pressing. It's the standing in God. This is the part where the woman begins to get ready. Because all the pain, they got to go through the pain. They got to go through all of that. They got to be able to stand in the pain of, the, of, of that labor, of that transition period. But once the nurse begins to say push, 
Something happens in the woman. All the doubt in their mind. Every single time they wanted to quit. Now they know they got to breathe. <laughs> because now they understand that once they start to push, they are, they are knowing that something that's Oh, God, something that's inside of them is about to come out that's going to bring a new sense of joy, a new sense of prosperity, a new sense of life, a new sense of praise. Come on, are you listening to me? Are you not getting excited? Because now I'm telling you that you have to begin to push for your breakthrough. You have to begin to push for your worship. If you want to live different, you want to walk different, you want to pray different, you want to see the God in your life, you have to push. You have to get into that posture where you're just opened up and say, God, I'm pushing. I'm not going to let go. I'm going to push harder. I'm going to stand in you, God. I'm going to believe in you, God. I'm going to push, 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 push for you, God. And that's exactly what I felt on prayer on Wednesday. We started praying over the man of God. He was, he was limping. And, he was, and I heard the prayer from heaven. And God said, that's exactly what I want. I want everybody to be in a season of expectation that even if they don't see it, expect it is going to happen because eventually it will happen. You're not listening to me. Some of you have to begin to push right now because in order to see the breakthrough, you have to begin to get mad at it you have to begin to get frustrated at it don't you understand that contractions hurt and in order to for you to feel free you have to push you have to get that thing out of you you're not listening to me you got to get frustrated with it elder ross calls it a holy anger i call it a devil anger i'm sick and tired of the devil having his way with the children of god i'm tired of him coming into the schools i'm tired of him coming to the streets get out of my block get out of my life get out of my finances you got to start pushing back against the enemy you got to begin to fight against him come on now you're not understanding me. I spent a lifetime of fighting for people. Now I'm fighting for God. So the weapons that I have are not carnal, but mighty through Jesus for the pulling down of strongholds. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I'm seeking you on a high level. I'm pushing you on a high level, God. You're not understanding me. Psalms 44, 5, 7 says, through you, we will push down. Through who? Through God. Through God, you can push down your enemies. Through the name, we will trample through those who rise up against us. Don't you hear me? Don't you hear me that there are people trying to rise against your vision? There are people trying to rise against your calling? Don't you think I'm not getting beat up? But I don't care because I'm a fighter by nature. So you want to fight against me in the spirit? I'm going to fight back. You want me to give up? I won't. You want me to quit? I won't. I'm not going to give up. I don't care if you break my arms. Shoot me. Try to call me an idiot. I don't care what you do. No weapon formed against me shall not be able to prosper you're not listening to me Woo! for I will not trust in my bow don't you understand I don't got to carry a gun I don't got to carry a knife I don't got to go with popo I don't got to do nothing with the president all I got to do is trust in my God and all things shall work together for the good oh Jesus you're not listening to me 
I just got to trust in the Lord Jesus and he got my back. He's going to make every cooking place straight again. If I got disease, he'll heal it. If I got a limp, he'll heal it because I'm trusting in God. I'm not trusting in the medicine. I'm not trusting in doctors. I'm trusting in my Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not believing the report of the enemy. I am believing the report of the Lord. Whose report shall you receive? I receive the report of the Lord. True story. But you have saved us from our enemies. And you have put to shame those who hated us. You're not understanding. If you don't got people hating on you, you're doing something wrong. You're not doing something right. Bring the haters, God. I want to see my haters because the word says that God will prepare a table for me in the faces of my enemies. You're not listening to me. I am on fire because I believe that God right now is putting the tablecloth down. He's bringing the basket of bread. He's bringing the turkey. He's bringing the cranberry sauce. He's preparing my table in the faces of my enemies. For every person that said I couldn't, God said I could. For every person that says I don't believe it, God says I believe. You're not listening to me. God believes in you. If you just begin to push, you will see breakthrough in your life. You will see breakthrough in your life. Man. Man. Exodus 25, 26 says, but you, you serve your God and he'll bless your food. He'll bless your water. I'll get rid of the sickness among you. There won't be any miscarriages, don't you hear me? That when you begin to serve God, there won't be lack of vision. There won't be any miscarriages. There won't be any lack of anything when you begin to serve God. And I believe that now the house of CCF is beginning to serve God. It's beginning to say no to this, yes to God. I don't care about that, yes to God. You're not listening. Now you are in a, you're forcing this transition because as the body begins, Begins to believe in the Lord. Now miscarriages can't happen. There's no womb that will be barren. Don't you hear me? God won't close up the womb because he believes that when people are serving him, he is going to open up the walls. Oh, Jesus, he will open up the walls and bring through forth breakthrough. You're not understanding me. He said that he will open up the walls as long as you serve him, as long as you believe in him. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, he says, I'll get rid of the sickness. You know, was that a church with nobody that has cancer, nobody that has AIDS, nobody that comes in in a wheelchair, nobody that's blind, nobody that's lame, nobody that's deaf, nobody that's crippled. When you begin to serve him, when you put me first, oh God, I will give all things on to you. Don't you understand when the church puts God first, he will begin to put all things onto the church. Oh God, there will be abundance in the church. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Don't you understand? Hallelujah, Jesus. He said no sickness among you. No sickness among you. So now you got the power as a believer to come against the cancer disease, to come against whatever disease. I come against it now in the name of Jesus. That no believer of God, no person that can come into this church be healed, be sick of any disease because I come against it now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you cancer. I rebuke you AIDS. I rebuke you any addiction. I rebuke you any drug. I rebuke you anything that's trying to stop a believer from being on fire to God. 
I rebuke you now. I come against the demons. I come against the traps. I come against the lies because I'm serving God. I'm pushing God. I'm standing in God. I'm going through pain, but I'm still praising. I'm going through pain, but I'm still jumping. I'm going through pain, but I'm still tithing. I'm going through stuff, but I'm still standing because I'm pushing my breakthrough. I'm pushing, oh Lord. I'm standing in expectation. I'm standing in deliverance. I'm standing in promise. Jesus. Then he goes, then he goes, I'll make sure you live full and complete lives. When you serve God, he extends your calling. Because now you're worried about the father's business, not about your business. You don't want your life to be shortened. Begin to serve God. He was strength. He will stretch that life so far you won't even begin to understand. Don't you know that the people in the beginning of the Bible used to live hundreds and thousands of Why? Because they were serving Jesus, Lord, I want to get into that place where we begin to think radical again, where we begin to think crazy again, that things that people think cannot be completed will be completed because God says I could do all things to Lord, have your way. They're tired. I don't care. I preach it to myself. This is what I do in my bedroom. I preach to myself. When I feel down, I begin to preach. I don't care if you guys are not excited. I will get excited for the body. I will get excited for the unbeliever because I believe that when God said, Nate, I'm going to save you, I'm not only going to save you, I'm going to give you a word. And I believe that God gave me a word, so I'm going to stand on the word. I'm going to preach the word the way he gave it to me. So even if it was one person, I'm still going to preach it like I was preaching it to a nation. I don't care. Talk about me if you want to. It's not going to bother me. I am sold out for Christ. I am unashamed. I'm standing in the promise. I can care less. I'm trying to tell you. I walk in here and I'll spaz out for God because people for a season thought that I was going to die, thought that I wasn't going to be anybody. Now I'm standing and I'm loving it because I'm still standing. And those that said, Nate, you couldn't do it. I'm still standing. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm still standing. The third stage is the birthing stage. This is the part when the pain from standing, then it's the pushing, the believing. Now it's the time for the birthing. It's the time for the breakthrough. The new word, the new song, the new praise, the new life to come out of you. This is the position where finally all the pushing, all the pain is delivered. And now you begin to lift up your hands in freedom. Now you begin to lift up your hands in greatness. Oh, God, Jesus, Lord, have your way. Have your way, God. Have your way. Count it all joy. And I'm going to end it with this. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have It's full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Man, God, you are so good. You are so mighty. Where's Tony? Come on, guy, hurry up. He's tripping over chairs. I was going to end it with that, but God spoke to me about Hannah. And uh, I believe that this is for the body, too. 
And this is what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to make it seem like it was just a woman thing because it's not. God is talking about women, but he's talking to mankind. He's talking to man and woman about this in particular story or, or verses or whatever. Amen? So if you're a man, this is for you. This is for you. Hannah, my wife could probably tell this story more because she's the Bible studies teacher. Let me get a smooth one, Tony. We're going to do prayer today. Believe that. In prayer, things change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hannah, you know, was somebody that was always overlooked. You know, people was coming and rejoicing. Everybody was getting blessed around her. You know, because back in the day, women knew that they were blessed when they get pregnant. And, and, and now we're in a generation where nobody wants to get pregnant. I don't even want to have another baby. But the thing about the pregnancy stage is the fact that when you are pregnant, you have a reason to live. You have a reason to move. You have a reason to stand. Relentless. Play that beat. You have a reason to stand. And Hannah was, was, was a woman that she saw everybody around her having babies. <laughs> everybody, was getting, everybody was getting pregnant. Everybody was walking around with their big bellies, walking around, belly bump. Let's do a high five belly bump. All the sisters was having a great time. And everybody was going around laughing and playing and doing their thing. And here goes Hannah, all by her lonesome, always crying, always frustrated because she knew that she wanted to have a baby, but she was barren. God closed her womb. You know what that feels like? That when you want to be like everybody else that's blessed and, and, and enjoying their, their, you know, you know when somebody comes in and they know that they just got more than you and you're like, dad, I want that. That's exactly what, 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 what Hannah was feeling, she was feeling down and out. She was feeling left out because everybody was getting it, but not her. And I feel like Calvary as a church is like that. You know, we look at all the other churches that were around us and, and they didn't have to go through what Calvary went through. They didn't have to go through a fire. They didn't have to go through losing people. They didn't have to go through losing tithers and all types of stuff. And Calvary was in a place for a very long time in the spirit where we were out there and we were like the Hannah and we wanted to see what everybody else had. We wanted to just have a home. We just wanted to have a place of worship and praise. But everybody around us is rejoicing and they don't see us in the auditorium. They don't see us renting from other churches. They don't understand that we're crying out to God. And we're, we're standing with our pastor and we're trying to ride with him. But sometimes it got hard in the spirit. Sometimes it got frustrating and we wanted to rise up and we wanted to do everything. But it's like God never heard our prayer. It's like God forgot about us. And we said, Lord, what happened to Calvary? Did we lose our anointing? Did we lose our favor? I'm telling you. And then I seen Calvary and I seen the ministers that have been here since the beginning. And I see that every tear they cried out. 
every prayer that was lifted up everybody that spoke against them <laughs> you know sometimes you carry you know the burdens and stuff like that especially when you pray and God begins to reveal to you what the body is going through you, you, get, you get hurt you know so I don't mean to cry but I know that a lot of people in the church that's been standing since day one have been crying and people have been walking around them you know, they've been giving each other high fives. They get tied $10,000 and not feel any kind of way. But here comes Calvary Christian Fellowship, still struggling, still dealing with frustration, still going through anxiety, still dealing with tests and trials in their home. But the thing about it is that nobody gave up. And Hannah did not give up. Hannah continued to trust God. And it was like, the relentless pursuit that God has for us. She had that relentless pursuit for getting birthed. She wanted to give birth because she knew that once she was pregnant, she knew that God loved her. And what happened to Calvary was that we went through a season of just trying to get in God's face and trying to tell God, Lord, we want to see breakthrough. We want to see people come. We want to see lives change and everybody around us is laughing and our rivals is coming towards us giggling. <laughs> Look at your little bitty church. You ain't nobody. And people are still saying, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. And here comes God in the spirit working things out because he's a good God. And even though you suffer for a while, once you face every single trial, you begin to be coming out pure as gold. And now here we are in 2015, and now we have a house to praise in. Hear it, though. Do you understand that? Hannah was frustrated. She was dealing with contractions, not even being pregnant. She was just all by herself, all by her lonesome just like Calvary, just like a lot of you that have felt alone, that have felt frustrated, that have felt like giving up. And now God is saying, I heard your cry. And now I'm giving it to you because you stood in a season when everybody else is making fun, you stood and you trusted me. Now I'm getting ready to give you the life the life that I know you deserve and I know that I can give you because now you're ready you're in a season of being ready for the blessing that I'm about to pour out Please come up. David, Dorada, please come up. Lord, please come up. 